toughness and low entitlement have always been key competitive weapons for me. Have you ever felt that you were a little different? Me too. My father was an ex-Catholic priest who had a PhD in theology, spoke multiple languages, and read a book a day. My mom was a hardworking, oldest of nine with a master's in English and an ex-Catholic nun. My brother went to the number one high school in the world, Phillips Exeter Academy, and my sister went to Harvard. Then there was me, the dyslexic middle child, super confident with a chip on my shoulder, so I got into a lot of fights. I love sports and being on a team. It took a while, but I got my degree. I knew early on that my path would be unorthodox, and I needed to learn from the brilliance around me and to develop my own hard-hitting instincts. Now, after 25 years transforming Fortune 500 companies, I'm sharing how I became half monk and half hitman to help others to be balanced, high performers in business and in your life. Hi guys, John Hunter here with Hunter X. And today I'm gonna comment and talk a little bit about a LinkedIn post I did that got uh, a bunch of buzz um, just a lot of visits, a lot of commentary, stirred up some emotion. Uh, I believe the name of it was Eat, Eat What You Kill. Um, but really, the subtitle was uh, What is a Hard Day Today? Uh, so I'll read a little bit of, of it and some of the comments. But um, the, the reason I wrote it was I was talking to some young sellers, um, doing some coaching, and I was listening to how hard it was um, to do a bunch of zoom calls in a day and how hard it was to take sales training, uh, for an hour or whatever it was per week. And it just kind of brought me back to 1994, you know, the beginning of my career and, uh, you know, and I wrote about it and it touched a nerve in a lot of people, um, before I go through it, um, it's key as you will find with a lot of my material and lessons, um, it's just one way. It's, it's not always the right way. It's a point in time reference. Um, it's a sharing. It's, um, you know, it's very rarely uh, black and white in my world. Go and do that. Or this was all great. And I uh, wish we had that. You know, it's usually context-based, lesson learned. Um, and so all I did in this particular writing article post was sit there and reflect on what it was like at 24 years and old to get into the technology sales business um, you know, and what, what is, what seemed really hard then, um, you know, is it still hard, you know? And so, for example, I wrote, uh, you know, our Charles Wong, our CEO turned, remember now back then 1994 email was on a mainframe terminal. So it's different. So you got to take, take it in context. We would have email terminals. You would come into the office and you would really be using email or the computer systems to talk internally, get approvals, write up orders. It wasn't like it is today. But the point of view, the reference, the idea of your CEO saying, hey, we're gonna turn email off during selling hours because being in front of the customer is so important that we're not gonna allow you to be distracted. So we're gonna shut the whole system down. I'm hoping when people read that today, as a leadership team or as a seller, just take inventory of where you're spending your time. I mean, how much time are we spending internally on nonsense that's not moving the needle on our businesses, no matter what your business is? It's always good to have a pulse on what your employees are doing. How hard is it to be an employee? How complex is it? 
So my CEO turned off the email during selling hours. My CEO, who I grew up with, and I'm sure it was very impressionable then, right? You're 24 years old. It's uh, an eat what you kill, meaning you you get paid for performance and you know, you're out of there if you don't perform and a lot of goodness to that and sense of urgency, et cetera. A lot of a lot of bad in that as far as developing people and treating people fairly. But um, I think everyone understands that. So really didn't like a lot of complex complexity in the sales process. Donut to the data center, 6 a.m. New hire training was four weeks um, and you didn't leave. And of course, you know, a lot of the comments coming in were like, well, it's barbaric or that's old school. I think old school is the interesting one to me. Um, I'm not so sure how old school it is to make sure our employees are properly trained, that our commitment levels to each other and to the company are, are extremely high and that we are doing what it takes to be a successful employee. Now, obviously, uh, COVID-19 and different generations thinking there's clearly other ways to solve that problem. But this was the reality. And as, as you can tell from the post, not just CA Technologies environment, it was a lot of uh, companies, software companies in particular, were like, hey, this is the way it's going to be. Um, I did once get an, uh, an email. This is years later at two o'clock in the morning giving me uh, a gratitude moment for working. So my boss's boss at that time saw me because he could see which computers were on. So he, he made the assumption that I was working at Friday. I think it was a Friday at 2 a.m. And the reason I share that, um, I was at a point in my career where it, you know I was out working. I was trying to outwork my problems. And I was going from sales director, I think, you know, somewhere in there to VP. And... Um, and as I became more educated on how to scale, uh, I clearly look back on little things like this. You know, hey, your boss's boss tells you way to go. You know, you're working your ass off. I knew I could count on you because you're available at 2 a.m. Um, you're you're going to be teaching that and you're going to be role modeling that. And that's going to become your new normal. Hey, work to 2 a.m. is how you get ahead. And obviously, for those who are wondering, I am not supporting that. I don't have my employees to do that. I don't advocate you do that. Um, I have a lot of work on, and I'll be, uh, writing and delivering in the podcast around balance and the importance of understanding balance, but that's, that's what I grew up with. Um, you, you just vacation is another one. Um, you know, it's become more and more understood the power of taking vacation, but it, the way we looked at vac vacation and to a certain extent, I still do. And a lot of leaders do is you need to treat your vacation, your time away from work as if as if you're running your own business. So you may be able to take two weeks off. It may not be at the end of the quarter. Maybe it's the first month of the first, second week of the first month of the new quarter. I don't think that's an unreasonable gesture to be thinking as a general manager or an owner of your own business about how you're going to think about taking time off. Because you know that if I'm not uh, you know, involved in the business, there you know, certain things won't get done. The problem with that as a leader, it means that you're not supporting the staff underneath you. You're not learning to delegate. You're not learning to build a machine so you can be away. But it was just unheard of, as a matter of fact, absolutely unheard of to be gone at the end of a quarter, last week of a quarter. It's just unheard of. Um, when I worked at Open Text, 
I, I put an out of office. Um, I put a, a meeting invite for the end of quarter cadence. You know what we're going to be doing for the last week of the last month of a quarter. And I got a bunch of out of office emails and it, I absolutely lost my collective shit. I went nuts. Um, I had someone come into my office and just say, Hey John, we, we've never heard that before. Um, and I calmed down and I regrouped and the lesson was to go through these with these folks, educate them, uh, everyone on the importance of being around culture, teamwork, winning, and, uh, we got it going from there, but, um, obviously not everybody understood that. Um, you know, you would never be gone for two weeks. We talked about that. Um, you know, minimum work hours is a Joe Sexton lesson, you know, eight to six minimum hours. Um, you never flew during selling hours still, by the way, I'm not so sure these are old school at all. I think these are still, uh, applicable. If you, if you're not going to put the time into your business, it may not be nine to six, it may be 6am. It may be, maybe you're in the, you know, you're digital. Maybe you're selling in the East coast. You live in the West coast. There's a variety of things, but the work ethic was the key. Joe is extremely transparent and clear. If you don't put the time in, you won't make it. And a couple of times he had people, you know, going to conference rooms that came in at 930. And um, now, obviously, what have we learned with work from home and other examples that you could be working your tail off at home. So find a different way to check in with your employees. Find a way to make sure you delineate and, and discuss what good looks like. But, you know, having a, an expectation of the reality of all these jobs that it takes a certain amount of effort. Um, I think that's important. You know, being in customer lobbies, you know, I, I posted something about this on another post about activity levels and getting badged in. And someone said, well, that's old school. It's, you know, it's digital today, COVID. You know, obviously, I understand that. I've uh, been running a sales force, thousands of people uh, over the phone through the pandemic um, last year. And I understand that. But the, the, but the principles still apply. How do I put myself in a position to get the attention of my buyer when they're going to get distracted. It could be uh, their EA. It could be a clever way to get them on phone. It's getting away from text messaging and other less effective communication techniques. Um, getting badged in, getting digitally badged in, still something that's doable. Getting badged in is a sign that you've built trust with your customer. So I just want to clear the air. Some of this stuff, yeah, it's what happened as we grew up. But the these were also forward-leading indicator activities that led to success. That's what I want you to take away from this. Not getting emotional about a point in time. Um, yeah, Gartner Magic Quadrant didn't mean much. You know, the brands that you were in, the cultures that you were in, you were expected to outsell your competitors. You couldn't bring back the excuse of, well, they're in the Magic Quadrant, we're not, therefore I'm allowed to lose. Um, I had a funny story working at BMC where they had gone down a little bit in the magic quadrant for, for those of you who remember the magic quadrant is the Gartner, you know, depiction of how you rank on your technology. And I've never really been top right, best product in the market. So, you know, it's all about perspective and it's all about authenticity and it's all about low, low, uh, entitlement. So my story to the BMCers was be careful you're talking to a guy who's never been in the magic quadrant. So I'm thrilled that you're in there. You're a little bit below service now, but you know what? I'll take it. So think about the attitude. Attitude is everything.
all these crazy reorgs we used to go through over a weekend. Um, you know, I, I clearly do not advocate that. But, you know, it's funny how many sometimes with curtain, curtain uh, corporate environments, you see people just taking weeks, months, quarters, even years to make decisions. I think one of the positive takeaways of some of those early day antics was, hey, we're going to bring the people in. We're going to work the weekend. We're going to make key decisions and we're going to move on. So obviously you don't have to do that over the weekend. You don't have to hurt a bunch of people. But being decisive is something that we were at that particular point. I think, I think it's something that's still valued in corporate culture. Um, you know, anyway, uh, lastly, but not least, and a bunch of points in here. I just want to speak to a few of them. Quota carriers were the only ones I went to club. Now, I've been part of multiple sales forces. There's all kinds of uh, different cultural aspects to club and reward trips. Um, matter of fact, some companies have actually built out reward trips for non-salespeople because we want other employees. Some people call them president's clubs and want to open the um, umbrella. You can find the value in all of it. A lot of it comes down to uh, cost. A lot of it comes down to culture. I'm simply saying at one point in time, the cultural objective was to hire the best and brightest and to spend an exorbitant amount of money, uh, just a, a shitload of money on winners, their spouses. We're talking 25 to 35 grand to go to Bora Bora. Um, so we wanted as a strategic weapon to have such ridiculous club trips, reward trips, that we could get the best sellers because we're going to give them a bunch of adversity. It wasn't easy. It was going to be hard. And so, and hard is really what the post was all about. Um, and I do think it is an, important to stimulate some emotion between us. Uh, I'm not advocating we, we go back to all these things, but I am advocating, I'm not so sure how hard a day for Zoom calls in a row is in contact. I think we can get better at training. I think we can still build um, resolve and toughness and commitment and have millennials and Gen Zs and uh, Gen Xers all on the same team. I think we'll have to do it through leadership, a lot of empathy, um, but toughness and low entitlement have always been key competitive weapons for me. And it's something I'd ask you to consider. That's the message today. What is a hard day was the name of the post. Maybe you go and read it. Love your thoughts and feedback. This is Hunter X, John Hunter, signing off. Talk to you soon.